This is the Transportation Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on MarketScale. Just to try to reduce crashes and keep traffic moving smoothly, they're going to want a computer behind the wheel rather than a human. If problems mean more money spent on transportation, it can hurt your bottom line. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Transportation Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The freighting industry is an ever-evolving beast, but even as intermodal efficiency increases and transportation infrastructure changes, High demand seasons for freighting remain. They really don't change. So how much of an impact do these seasons have on the industry? And are freighting companies seizing the opportunity to raise rates with little resistance? Today to talk about this, we're joined by Alex Azarito, VP of Sales and Marketing for The Logistics Company. Alex, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, sir. Doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking, and I'm looking forward to getting your insight on this idea of freight pricing and industry profitability during high demand seasons. So first, when we talk about high demand seasons in the freighting industry, which are the repeat ones that hit the industry every year and really have a a large impact on the industry? I say there's probably about three or four major uh, times that we look forward to. Um, We'll start off with produce season which also comes in the same line as fertilizer season. Um, we're actually in the uh, getting to be in the heat of it right now, um, and that's mainly in the south. Um, as the season warms up in the north, um, it'll kind of disperse, and uh, it'll kind of flatten out, and uh, rates won't be as crazy as they are now. Um, when you get towards the latter part of the year, you're looking at more retail, um, usually in the late October, looking through Thanksgiving, um, all the big stores, Walmart, um, places like that, that are trying to fill their fill their stocks up. Best Buy, um, so that's when the inventories get pretty high there. So you see a lot coming in from whether it be overseas or or especially with the manufacturers within the U.S. So times can be tough during uh, during those phases. Is it typically tough because it's just demanding more resources of an industry that is already light on the amount of manpower that it can supply to? then ship all these products, and especially when you have two big seasons going on simultaneously? So how we kind of portray it here in the office is, is, is that supply and demand. There's, there's a huge demand um, for trucks right now with very low supply, um, but we feel that it's, you know, especially reaching out to our carrier base who have been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years, um, they're still seeing the same amount of drivers. Um, yes, they have lost some, but what they're what they're really seeing is just that huge uh, demand um, that we can't really keep up with. Um, so that's that's where we kind of see it, where it's it's there is a there is a high demand with with very little supply. Um, we talked about it in a previous podcast, but the average age of a truck driver is 67 years old. Um, so that right. does affect it. You know, having the, the this younger generation not stepping up and um, and fulfilling those those driver jobs. So how many of these seasons are relatively local? to where you're shipping from one state to the next, and it's mostly over-the-road transportation. And how many of these seasons are more international and require intermodal transportation? Well, the whether you're dealing with produce and fertilizer or you're dealing with retail, um, there is still a huge uh, influx of imports that you're seeing, whether it be from China, Europe, uh, wherever the case may be. Um, so I would say it's more uh, regionalized within the U.S., domestic U.S., than you would see it 
um, kind of localized, um, especially up here in the Northeast Rhode Island, especially manufacturing and the textiles is pretty much dead. Um, so you're not right. seeing a lot of manufacturing, hence the reason why a lot of people don't want to come into the Northeast um, just because they can't get a load out of it. Um, so it's, it's a lot tougher in that aspect. But we do see, we do see quite a bit coming from overseas. Um, we do do a lot with the dredge with 20 and 40 foot containers as well as ISO tanks from the ports. Um, so there is a huge influx um, of, of, we'd say, you know, more of, more of the fertilizer industry coming in versus the produce of being, um, being made here in the U.S. And do you feel like the transportation that's more regionalized, or I mean, even though there are international imports that most of these industries have to deal with, at least for the ones that most of the business stay like you said, regionalized in the states. Do you think those are the ones that feel more of this tension um, and lack of resources because there's more of an emphasis on over-the-road trucks and um, you know just shipment that stays local on the road instead of intermodal transportation where there might be more resources for you to get your product from A to B on a ship or over the air? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um, shipping over the rail, you are going to save money, but you're going to have longer lead times. Uh, over the road, you are going to pay for what you get, um, but with shorter lead times. But how we see it is we do a lot of repackaging of rail cars um, in the 25 kg bags, 500 kg bags, and 1,000 kg bags um, down in Texas. Um, so what we're seeing is our carrier base, they want to stay within that south, that, 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 that kind of south southern belt where they don't want to go north. They don't want to go to Chicago. They don't want to go out to the Midwest. They want to stay um, from Texas all the way to Savannah uh, because that is that, that's the produce belt that we're kind of seeing right now of where things are being grown, where a lot of the trucks are being sucked into. Um, so we try, to, we try to, 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 to fit it with our carrier's terminals. If they got a terminal at point A and point B, well, it works out great, but we're not going to go to a guy who is mainly in, in Texas um, we're not going to go to him to help, help service us because he's not going to want to leave Texas. And if he does, you're going to pay for it. So you mentioned we're in the midst of the produce and the fertilizer season uh, for the freighting industry. What percentage, or I guess if you can't give me a number, at least just a general impact, what is the impact of these two seasons on the industry as a whole? Uh, when they go well, do you feel that domino effect? And also flip side, if you know, there are a lot of hiccups and things don't go as planned, does it also affect the industry in a negative way? How we're looking at the, the produce and fertilizer season from this year to last year, um, we're seeing a lot more availability, um, a lot more carriers that, you know, that are being flexible, especially with rates. Um, but the main issue that we're seeing is this electronic logging device where a carrier might have used to have five loads in a week. Well, their, their current um, destination um, customer is, is not able to unload them at a certain time, so that limits them from continuing on their run. So now they they're maybe can do only do four runs a week. Um, and then say he hits bad weather or he breaks down, well, now he's on the three loads a week, and all the loads that were planned are now keep pushing back, pushing back. So that's where you see the availability really, um, really hurting there. So it's... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with this, uh, with this electronic logging device, um, really limiting carriers uh, and being able to fulfill, um, you know, the needs that's that's out there, the, the demand that's out there. It's um, it's it's definitely putting a, a hurting on the uh, on the freight industry. So the main issue and the reason why we've got you on the podcast today is really to unpack this idea of 
like you just said, rising rates during these high demand seasons and the frustration that can surround that. So let's start with what rates do you see go up pretty consistently and how do you see that have a domino effect on the industry? Yeah, if you can look at the major ports, if you're looking at, um, let's look at uh, Houston, let's look at New Orleans, Mobile, Savannah, Chicago, uh, and especially up here in the Northeast, uh, that Philadelphia, New Jersey area, um, where, you know, that's that I would say is, is probably taking the bigger of the hits if you're pulling out of those regions. If you're going into those areas, those big, those major cities, those major ports, you're going to get a better rate because there's a lot of carriers that want to be in those um in those different ports to be able to pick up out of and kind of stay, I guess, in a way local. You're not seeing a lot of real long haul uh, carriers anymore. What these guys are really doing is is they're kind of you know it's uh, almost like a Charlotte's Web effect where they're 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 doing more of their short hauls where you're not having that same driver um, going from Texas to Pennsylvania. Um, it, it still does happen, but it's it's uh, very few uh, few and far between. Um, they, you know, let's, we'll start in Dallas and they might, you know, maybe run up to Memphis and then from Memphis, they might run up to, uh, call it maybe, um, you know, Roanoke. And then from Roanoke, they'll finish their run up 81, um, into Pennsylvania. So that's where we're kind of seeing that, um, that effect. So we do, uh, we do a lot of, uh, pickups out of the South, um, Mobile, New Orleans, Houston, uh, Savannah, that, 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 that kind of produce, uh, belt. And that's where we're seeing a lot of the rates rising because that's where all the trucks are being sucked into um, and where a lot of the manufacturers are for this produce. Um, so that's that's where we're seeing they're taking the hit. Um, I would say, you know, give it a couple more months here and that will start shifting north. Um, it'll start making its way into Tennessee, um, you know, that kind of region, and then make its way all the way up to Chicago uh, because those that produce does have to be distributed throughout the U.S. one way or another. And at the end of the day, it does involve uh, a truck. So that's where you're seeing those prices um, kind of escalate, es- escalating, escalating. Yeah. Um, because these trucks now have to leave their lo- kind of localized areas and head, you know, and head north. So who so is actually, who is actually ri- ri- raising, raising those, those rates? rates? Is it, is the, it the trucking, trucking companies, companies, the people that are supplying, that are supplying the, drivers the drivers and the trucks? And the trucks? Yeah, so right. we're in a time right now where... Yes, we're in the middle of produce season, fertilizer season, um, in the summer months. I mean, gasoline is going to be, you know, p- people want to travel, people want to get out more. So, the, you know, the prices of gasoline are going to start rising because of that. But what, what we see is, is these carriers are not just increasing their rates because of produce and fertilizer season, but also because of driver uh, retain, uh, retention, um, the, the cost of a truck for maintenance, um, these electronic logging devices, the new emissions that are going into these trucks. Um, if there's a repair breakdown, um, we're seeing insurance, the, the insurance to hold the truck. Uh, we actually, we're a non-asset based carrier. So we actually looked into the insurance of, of owning a truck, um, owning a tanker because we mainly do liquid bulk and it's, it's pretty astronomical, um, how these guys can even afford the insurance, um, to pay for these trucks that, that are moving, moving this produce and across, across the States. Well, the rising rates, I mean, if you think about it, where I don't want to say back in the day, but call it four or five years ago, you know, the ball was in the customer's court. They really had, you know, say in where these trucks are moving. Now we're moving to an age where the driver or the carrier is is more in control due to a lot of regulation. Um, okay. So with, 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 with that in mind... It is. It's a tough question of, of really why these rates, you know, get out of hand during this time of year. And it's, I mean, from, mm-hmm. a, from an opinion standpoint, it's, I don't know, you're still, you're still, you, it's, 
everyone's picking from the same pool of, of drivers. It's not like these guys right. are, you know, are, are laid off because of, you know, fertilizer and produce season is dead. They, they just shift to a different market. So maybe we could talk about, um, you know, they shift from a market where it's, you know, you're moving, you know, commodity chemicals or commodity products to, um, you know, to, to, to produce. Um, I know I talked to a guy once and asked his opinion and he had kind of stated that when you're dealing with produce, so, so say we're moving strawberries from the, from the West coast to the East coast. Well, you're not just running out in a straight dry van. You're not going to run it on a flatbed and you're not going to run it in a tanker. You're going to be putting that in a refrigerated truck. Um, so, you know, to make sure it's temperature controlled and we want to make sure that, you know, that, that product can make it over there all the way to the, to the East coast and, and still, you know, be able to bring to the consumer and, and, be edible if you want to call it. Um, right. so that's, that, that could be one of the reasons. Um, but from a, uh, I would say you're just shifting, you know, you're shifting from one market to another, like from us, from the chemical standpoint, you're taking, you know, the, the 2% of what the chemical market is, uh, within the logistics industry, um, or the chemical industry is only 2% of the whole entire freight industry. You're taking trucks now out of that small industry and shifting them produce season. And to get them back into the chemical industry, um, for us to ship chemicals, um, you're going to pay top dollar, um, because right. it's not as readily available, especially, I guess, you know, when, you, when that falls into retail season, the same thing, you shift out of one industry and go into another, um, because there's a, there's a higher demand for it. And, and to kind of give you food for thought here is, uh, second to fertilizer, and produce season, um, I don't know if they call it constructural, uh, construction or industrial um, season, but, you know, this is the time where everyone's pouring foundations, building houses. So you're moving insulation, you're moving lumber, you're moving electrical, you're moving uh, roofing materials. So that's also, a, you know, a huge, um, a huge part of it. But no one ever really gets to talk about that um, is, is, you know, the building of houses. And especially when a hurricane comes through or, you know, you get a tornado or blizzard coming through and wrecking these areas. Um, you see a lot of the, that industrial material going into, uh, you know, certain markets. So when these rates go up, who profits from that? Um, you know, who actually sees that money come back to them? Um, because it sounds like the truckers and the companies that are supplying these trucks, uh, their resources are already running thin. So if they're pulling resources away from a larger, more lucrative season to then help um, a smaller portion of the industry to do their shipping and, you know, they get a boost in payment for that. There must be some idea that that is compensating maybe some of the money that they'd lose in consistent shipping in a a larger season or just a season that's in high demand. So uh, do you feel like the the people controlling these rates are seeing like some unprecedented amount of profitability because the rates go up? Or do you think that this is just sort of the natural state of the industry right now because resources are thin across the board? I feel that it's, it's affected in both ways. I think that from a broker standpoint, yes, the logistics company is a broker, third-party logistics provider. Um, but um, what, what you're seeing is these brokers taking advantage of this season, this produce and fertilizer season saying, okay, now the time we know, everyone knows rates are going up, so we're going to jack our margins up and then present you the rate and say, yep, produce season's in, when in all essence, that carrier might not even be going up. Um, I know well, you know, into December and January, we're already talking about 
uh, produce and fertilizer season here at the office and making sure that our customer, whether it be the chemical company or anyone else in the industry that we're, that we're servicing and making sure that we can keep those rates and be competitive and still obtain that business. But also, you know, you know, we're making enough money to, 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 to cover our overhead. Um, so I think the brokers take advantage of it and that's what really, um, that's what really, you know, ruins the markets because we have access to multiple load boards, um, and we're, we're, we're really looking at to see what these rates are and what the customer should be paying. Now, if you look at it from a carrier standpoint, they're also profiting because the, like we talked about before, the supply and demand, the high demand, well, that, and, and the low supply of trucks, well, they can jack the rates up because at the end of the day, you, you know, that, that trucker is gold. So you're going to pay whatever you can um, to make sure you can get your product moved. Do you see any resistance to these rising rates, uh, either from the um, the trucking companies or from logistics companies like yourselves, um, you know, not dependent on whatever industry they're in. It could be chemical, it could be uh, produce. But yeah, do you see any resistance on these rates? And if so, why? And if not, why? Yeah, we see a lot of resistance on these rates, especially from a sale uh, a salesman uh, standpoint. I'm a salesman myself, um, so I do get to, to, to work with the customer a lot. And this really affects... Um, their margins, their bottom line, they're, they're working on, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of companies out there that are working with tight margins and making sure, um, you know, that they're, they're competitive, but still making a buck. So we see that, um, you know, with these increasing rates, you know, a lot of these customers um, aren't going to want to pay for that extra because at the, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you, you're buying a truck to move your product from A to B. Um, so in, it, it, it does affect this, the, the selling point because you could be um, a couple cents off per pound um, and, and lose that business because of the freight where your product pricing is still the same. So that doesn't change. It's just the freight added to it and you could lose a customer. So to end things on, I guess, a more localized note, if we look at specifically the logistics company, how do these rising rates affect the work that you do? And how do you, as a um, third-party logistics company, uh, try to work your way around them in the way that feels ethical, right? So that you know you're you're still providing something at a price that feels reasonable, but you're also not losing money on on you know bringing a a price to market that's too low. Yeah. So we're 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 very honest. We're very transparent with our customers. Um, we let them know of any changes, um, especially with rates. Um, and one thing we like to do is provide options, at least three to five options per lane to say, hey, this is what we're paying now. Um, let's call it, uh, you know, Hennef, Quality, Linden, Superior. Um, you know, this is the rate, you know, these are the different rates with these different carriers that we could provide to you. Um, so we kind of put the ball back in their court. Um, to, to, to show them that, hey, you know, we're not just going to give you this one number. These are the different options we have. We have a carrier behind it. There's availability. Um, and, you know, we're not just throwing out a number at you, but, you know, to actually show them that here is, you know, here's where the rate's at and let's, um, you know, let's start, let's start doing some negotiation. Do we have to go higher? Do we have to go lower? You know, never really higher, but, you know, you never know. Um, right. Because you get what you pay for. You want service. Um, you don't want the cheapest truck. Um, driving your product and then you start dealing with claims or accidents or the guy doesn't show up on time um, and that just sets everybody back and different options that we do have um, is you know we're not putting all our eggs in one basket we have 
uh, different carriers and different regions that we can, um, you know, provide to our customers. Um, just because we're picking up in Texas doesn't mean that we need to be using a Texas hauler. Um, we kind of look at the destination terminal um, or the closest destination terminals that, are, that, that there are to our customers. And then we work with that particular carrier to say, hey, are you in Texas? Hey, are you in, you know, Mobile, Savannah? Um, and, and, and try to, you know, try to kind of piece everything together um, versus just going out, get a rate, can you cover, great. We want to try to give, um, you know, I know backhaul opportunities or backhaul rates is, is becoming a thing of the past and it's going to slowly die off, I, I, I personally believe. Um, it's, it's, but that's what we're kind of chasing right now because that's what the industry is, 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 is showing us that, you know, if, 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 if we can get a front haul, loop it around with the backhaul well that's just that just makes everybody happier it makes the trucker happier it makes the customer happier it makes us happier because that truck is constantly moving um and, and it's almost i wouldn't say dedicated to us but in that certain time it, it would be dedicated so the availability um, of having that truck definitely increases and the um the problems and the different um, hassles you deal with definitely decreases because you can keep that guy moving on your on your loads so to wrap things up, Alex, as we look into the future of the transportation industry, the freighting industry, um, the methods that product gets from point A to point B continue to change and continue to improve and become more efficient. Um, but, you know, to a degree, we still see these pain points, especially within trucking, because um, like you said, employees are old, they're aging out of the industry and, you know, resources are already thin as they are. So as these industries continue to grow, um, you know, who's going to feel that pain point? It's going to be companies like yourselves. It's going to be the freighting industry as a whole. So as we look into the future, what do you see as a, I guess, a, a more stable future, right? How, how do you think we get to a point where rates don't go up a crazy amount? We have... Um, enough supply for the demand and everyone is still making a profit. I mean, can, can you have all three? Sadly enough, I do not see a future uh, anytime soon. That's just me being honest uh, for the sheer fact that until you pull a human, uh, a human being out of that truck and it becomes fully uh, automated um, with driverless trucks, I think that would probably be um, the point where everyone's offering the same exact service, the same exact truck, so you can get, you know, better rates. But um, until you take that out of the equation, I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, this has just been a continuing trend that, that's been going on for years and years. Um, I read a great statistic yesterday that said in Europe, 58% of the population uh, goes to a trade school um, after uh, high school. And here in the U.S., it is only 8%. So we're not just seeing this problem with trucking. We're seeing it with carpentry, welding, plumbing, electrical, um, all across the board. Um, you know, and trucking really taking the, the hit of it because at the end of the day, um, you know, the shirt on your back does come from a truck um, one way or another. So I, I don't see it really um, getting any better. But if you're looking at from last year to the this year, availability has definitely increased. Um, we're seeing a lot more flexibility with our carriers. Um, the rates have gone down actually um, slightly from last year, so you're not paying that top dollar like you were last year um, during that little crisis we had in 18. Um, so uh, it is getting better, and I think it's going to get better uh, as the summer months go on. Um, so we're, we're we're seeing an upward trend um, of 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 I guess you know solid service from these carriers. 
Um, so it's just making sure that we can do you know, do our part and, and provide them everything that we can um, and, and provide them support because uh, at the end of the day, they're our lifeline. The yeah. government is actually looking into adding a four-hour break. Um, so you have that 10-hour driving period. They're actually looking at uh, adding a four-hour break um, within that 10 hours. Um, I'm not sure the whole, um, you know, the whole regulation behind it, but I know that there is something coming to, to relieve um, some stress from those electronic logging devices for these drivers. So hopefully in the next uh, couple of months, I'll be able to update you on what that exactly is going to be and if it does, uh, does, does come through. Well, Alex, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Transportation Podcast and giving us your opinions and insight on the current state of the freighting industry and some of the issues that you feel, some of the pain points that you feel, especially with rising rates during high demand seasons. It's definitely a tumultuous time, but, you know, like you said, I don't think we're going to see substantial change until some of the technology that we're seeing still being perfected does get perfected and gets implemented on a a full scale, or we see a sudden increase in young truck drivers wanting to enter the industry, and we suddenly see a, a boom in manpower and resources. Um, I mean, I guess it's not it's not totally impossible. Um, I think with good education, um, some <laughs> some good content marketing, uh, I bet the industry could probably pull together more resources and could could improve its its benefits and find ways to get people excited about wanting to join the industry. Um, but, you know, until something like that happens, I think we just got to keep our ear to the ground and, uh, you know, keep keep trying to stay alive in this tumultuous time. Um, but I know I know TLC always does a great job of, of maneuvering some of those pain points and coming out the other side on top. So I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, how you continue to succeed. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again as the situation continues to evolve. So, Alex, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Transportation Podcast. And if you like what you heard and would like to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.